if I if I want to watch one of my favourite films, it'll be Casino Royale. If I want to watch a Bond movie, it'll be uh, it'll be a Brosnan one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to An Englishman and an Irishman Goes to Movies, the podcast that likes to reinvent itself every few movies and then keep the same actors and then kill some off and whatever at this point. I am your co-host, Sean Ferrick, and joining me, as always, is the Q to my M. It's Ian Whittington. Hi. <laughs> Hello. And returning to the pod because we're never, ever letting him go, it's the wonderful Albert Hogan. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi. I, I just got a bit confused because I am the Ben Wishaw to your Judy Dench. I, 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 Absolutely. Yeah, I know who's in you're, charge you're, there. You're, you're the fresh little new face, whereas I'm the wizened has been used by half of the gay bars in Dublin. Older person. Good. <laughs> is that staying in? It bloody is. <laughs> I'm, and uh, I, I'm, I'm disappointed I didn't even get um, the money penny to your... Um... No, the money to my penny. Yeah. I just got, he's back again. <laughs> Isn't that like the, the the biggest like kind of build up to a character reveal that doesn't quite pay off? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> it's so I mean, weird. Like, I don't mean Albert uh, being here. I mean Money Penny being oh, Money yeah, me Penny. <laughs> oh, that's a strong Definitely. start. That is a strong yeah. start. Let's go straight to the news. Turn that down. <laughs> So the news, or as we should probably rename it, uh, some trailers we watched this week. Um, I think we're, we're, we're keeping it nice and simple. We have two, but there's one that we all have to abuse straight away, and that is Home Sweet Home Alone. I'm so disappointed, and I haven't even seen the film yet. This is why you don't watch trailers, because this could be a good film, but this trailer is not. Why? Just before we get, like, shat all over, I just want to say Archie Yates was brilliant in Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. I wish the young man all the best in his career great okay why the hell are they remaking home alone i don't know and this seems like a shot for shot remake almost doesn't it yeah i can tell you why because it's disney and it's for money money well yeah that'll true. do it i just so child actors i couldn't be a child actor obviously because i'm 31 but as in when i was a child i couldn't have done it and it's a lot of pressure so i don't want to be harsh but it's cringy this entire trailer is cringy and he's it just—it's not quite Macaulay Culkin, is it? Culkin, Culkin, Culkin. Not bad. We not could bad. have a ninety-minute uh, podcast of me mispronouncing actors' names. Yep. <laughs> the only one I get uh, right is just... the Pfeiffer. Um, <laughs> I love that. Uh, it just looks like there's no. It, it just looks like by the numbers saying the lines in the trailer, and that's bad when you're because you take you put the best bits in the trailer. So, and if it just comes across as saying the lines of the trailer, that doesn't bode well for the rest of the film. Yeah, yeah. and if you have to put your big character callback buzz being a cop in the trailer as well, I mean, the stuff that's in the trailer is meant to drag you into the cinema. I'm not going, I'm not rushing to the cinema to see what happened to Buzz. Like, I assume he just became an abusive cop. Like, there's no way he's, a, he's still a good guy, but that's not going to drag me into the cinema. 
know. Is this actually getting a cinema release or is it just a Disney Plus? I thing? think it's straight to Disney yeah. Plus. Oh, is it just Disney Plus? Oh, okay. That makes a bit is, more sense. Is Disney Plus going to be the new Don't Be Good? You know, when it gets to like, hi, and we're re- releasing Aladdin 5, you know, it goes straight out. Yeah. Of the, is that just what Disney Plus is? That why is Disney Plus a cinema thing? They just couldn't afford to keep paying for all these crap ass DVDs that nobody was buying. I don't know. It, it seems like it's both because. Obviously, Black Widow went straight there, and they are doing so. No, so Disney Premiere will be where the good stuff goes, and if it's an immediate plus release, you know it's a bit wank. Yeah, sounds pretty logical to me. Um, mm. Now, I am a massive, massive fan of Ashling B, but that accent, yeah, she's great, that English accent though, and I don't know if you've seen her response to the criticism of her English accent, but it's rather brilliant. Oh. That oh, was that was more entertaining than the whole trailer put together. Um where she's basically like, um, it's not a true crime documentary. <laughs> she's like, if it if it was, I would be sent to prison because I left my child at home alone. <laughs> so she she's uh she was and then she's like it. and then she was like if if the character was Australian, she would have an Australian accent. If the character was Irish, she would have an Irish accent. But the character is English, so she has an English accent. And that was her, I thought, quite brilliant response but to it. Then I have to beg the question, if the character is English, why don't you cast Emily Blunt? We can't quite afford Emily Blunt. Well, I don't know, because don't Disney own her now? Like, Probably. She, Jungle Cruise, I think, isn't there more stuff? Mary Poppins. Oh, Mary Poppins. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Just the only reason that she's not using a Irish accent is because it's quite thick, and I don't think the Americans can understand it. Well, it's also because the kid, I'm the sorry, kid is English. Have a stroke there, yeah, and also because the kid is English. <laughs> and she, he, yeah, that's true. he can, she can have. Wait, hang on. He can. He's have, American. They're in America, though. Yeah. Thank you. He can have a Irish mother be English himself and live in America. No. And have an American, an American father. Yeah, why not? They met in Ireland, they grew up in England, and then moved to America recently. And all the other kids oh. in the movie beat the crap out of him. And it's, it's, a, it's a film. If it was a true crime documentary, then it would hang, make sense. Hang on, hang on a second. Weren't you <laughs> criticising uh, Quantum of Solace last week for some shoddy script writing? This sort of feels yeah. like that. Yeah, I, I like realism, not boring. <laughs> Speaking of realism, another trailer came out. Oh, nice segue. Uh, yes, it did. Uh, Scream 5, the trailer came out, which is just called Scream. Oh, I hate it when they so, do this. Because it is a continuation, because yeah. Monica is in it. So it, it is but they're carrying all on. They're all back. Yeah. yeah. Just call it uh, five. But everyone who's alive. Uh, actually, funny, I was listening to another podcast where they talked about this exact thing of just, you know, releasing a film years later. The Thing did it. Halloween obviously did it twice. Um, and now Scream has done it as well. I'm sure there's, there's loads of others. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I was a bit like, oh, okay, it's just called Scream. Mm. I don't know, because I've grown up, like, I've been alive for every one of the Scream films, so maybe it's because I remember the first Scream one. I'm just like, no, that's not cool. Whereas it bothered me so much when it was Halloween. Because I, I was not actually around in 1978. Just no, I think it's now. more than... Yeah, just. I think it's more that Halloween has had some internal reboots. So it makes sense for them to draw a line under this. But Scream has just had a long gap. And it feels like when you have a gap that's longer than 10 years or whatever, you have to do something different so people don't think it's tired. That's all it will be, is that Scream 5 sounds like a... 
<sighs> Scream 5, whereas Scream sounds more punchy. Um, hey, wait, the guy that does marketing for people, Alvi, what do you think? <laughs> Should we ask somebody that's actually qualified? <laughs> I think I think you're right. It's sort of given the illusion of a, a reboot without actually rebooting it. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. I was right, we didn't need you here. And it's, and it's a film for a new generation, that kind of thing. Um, weirdly, though, at the moment, I feel like we're caught in the early 90s again because we've got Home Alone, we've got Scream, <laughs> and... Amazon Prime have just come out with I Know What You Did Last Summer. It is. Oh, I only saw that last night. Actually, I didn't haven't watched it yet, but yeah, it's, it's a series, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's a series. So it's like, it's like being, you know, 10, 11 years of age for me again. It's sort of strange. And there would have been a Halloween film of some description out at the same time as well. So mm. all of horror is just <laughs> rehashing yeah, the 90s. And Babli- Babylon... Bubbly five. Bubbly five. Bubbly five. Bubbly five. Bubbly five. And we have multiple Star Trek series on as well. It is the early 90s, isn't it? Holy shit. (laughs) Right, grab your scrunchies, your phone cards, um, and uh, I'll meet you down the field. Next up will be a reboot reboot of Clueless. uh, Wow. That would If you Google that right now, it's in the works. I guarantee it. Somewhere that is in the works. the the I know what you did last summer thing is getting hugely positive reviews as well um, from the critics. They're saying it's not just a rehash; it's extremely good. Um, yeah, that's yeah, what I've I, seen as well. It's it's actually clever. Um, yeah, exactly. And, and it feels like TV shows and limited series are the way to go. Definitely, definitely. Alrighty. Um... That was quite interesting. So, um, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't until you observed it as being quite interesting, which immediately made it less interesting. <laughs> and ruined. Yeah. Ruined. Um, so, okay. Skyfall. Let the, the skyfall will crumble. And how brilliant is how brilliant actually, 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 sorry, just before it goes out of my head, and this will immediately tell you when we recorded this episode. Adele's amazing. And the new song. Uh-huh. Brilliant. Yes. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. It's almost like it is almost like they've waited for a new Bond film to come out and everybody gets a bit of wasn't Adele great doing Skyfall buzz to release a new song. That feels that feels like exactly what it's happened. I thought you were going to say it's, it's almost great. like she waited for us to record this podcast. So that well, she could I mean, Adele, I appreciate you listening every single week. Um, your emails are a bit obscene, but I kind of like that. Have you seen... I think I shared that video with you of her doing the Instagram live. I mean, I just love the woman. I, she can do no wrong in my eyes. She's just brilliant. Um, oh, if, you haven't, if you haven't That's seen it, a... look at the... Go on YouTube and find her Instagram live. Um, it's just absolute scream a minute. It's brilliant. Mm. She's just, yeah, she's bonkers, isn't she? She's so funny. She really is. But she's just so normal. Um, yeah. That's what I love about her. Let the sky fall. <laughs> right. You, were, Come you, on. you know this theme song on like last week's one. I still, I still don't know what last week's theme song was. I feel ba-na, bad ba-na, for ba-na, poor ba-na, ba-na. Jack White. I like that song. Yeah. Like, it's not as good. It's like, it's like I said, it's the least enjoyable of the Craig theme tunes, mm. but I still like it. Yeah. 
Just a strong well, opening it's... to this discussion about Skyfall. We're going to revisit Quantum of Quantum of Solace. That's because you were a big grumpy <laughs> bitch last week. I was bringing some nice points, and you were like, "Yeah, but quite right." What did you think you of this to, one? You, you have to relive your. Do you have issues about this you one? You have to relive your trauma, though, to get to move forward. So. Very true. Yeah. Very, very true. Exactly. Um, go on. Give us a synopsis for Skyfall. Um, Bond's mom has him shot, and so he gets a drinking problem. Uh, but then she's in trouble. So he says, ah, feck it, sure, it's ma'am. Comes back, and then the prodigal son pulls off his face, uh, reenacts the Coronation Street tram crash, and then <laughs> they go and have a weekend Airbnb in Scotland. In the history of... Some of them return. In the history of niche references on this pod, the tram crash from <laughs> fucking crazy. Coronation Street... I remember Street that. That was takes amazing. The that was huge. That was that amazing. Was that was, yeah. That was amazing. Um, that also sounded like a mashup of, and this will only resonate with Irish people. Fair City meets um, Coronation Street in a like a bumper yeah. episode. Um, Fair City is like the Irish East Enders. Um, nice. So you know, there's lots of talks of wayward, wayward sons and their mams and their mas. So it sounded a bit like that. So good synopsis. Um, I remember when. Thank you. I, 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 once upon a time, I managed a card shop. Um, and we experimented with this very new revolutionary idea. Wait for it, it's coming. In the mum section, we had five mam cards. Um, and this was in 2016, and I believe they are still sat there. <laughs> this was in the middle of England. It's just, yeah, mam wasn't a big thing, but we're going to branch out. <laughs> that is good. Speaking of, speaking, the word meant speaking of mam, we do get a lot of mom in this movie. Yes, mom. With, with Bond Aww. talking oh, yes, to M, yeah. which yeah. is almost like a little bit put in there. Oh. Although he, he does do it in other movies, doesn't he? Oh no, he does. Yeah, he did yeah. it in. Um, he definitely does it in Casino Royale. I mean, nothing mm. happens in Quantum of Solace, so he couldn't have done it in that one. Um, but yeah, but, he definitely. But Brosnan did it as well, I think, in in the nineties. Ooh, I, only because I've been watching them. So no, um, I couldn't tell you that. That's interesting. Yeah. And, doesn't and sound like a Brosnan-y thing to say. And that's an interesting point, is that I watched um, the Brosnan film, which title I can't remember now, um, The World's Not Enough. World is it? Not Enough? Yeah, yeah the most and, generic uh, title of the yeah, film. Yeah, and um, where MI6 headquarters get blown up and they move to Scotland. Yeah. Is that, that's that one, isn't it? Oh. Yeah, no, they relocate yeah. in that one as well, I'm sure they do. Yeah, so it's um, like, oh, interesting. You, at this point, after literally twenty-four movies, you there is going to be some. Um, there's going to be some overlap, isn't there? Yeah. Um, and it's a bit like a Game of Thrones, well, isn't it? Didn't they run out of novels uh, at some point? Like, <laughs> well, they caught up with the novels because yes. he hadn't written the last one. Yeah. It's like the wa- well, exactly. Yeah. Walking Dead. So isn't Ian it? Fleming, the lazy git, yeah. has stopped writing novels for a while now. But um, honestly, it's so, we're going way off track already. But it is such a a good idea because George R. George R. R. Martin and who's the chap that wrote The Walking Dead? Um, uh, Greg Nick. No, <sighs> oh, it's out of my head now. Somebody Google it. Rick Kirkman. Hi. Kirkman. Play. Yeah. Um. They just allowed the TV shows to overtake the peak of their content so that they knew where not to go when they wrote the comics. So it was like, everyone is going to love this as long as I don't do what the TV show did. It's a clever tactic. Yeah, genius. Yeah. Absolutely genius. Yeah. Right. 
onto Skyfall. This is so much better than Quantum of Solace, isn't it? It is, oh, yeah. and there's many, many reasons. Uh, Sam Mendes is one of them. Fantastic director. Like, this film is yes. is really, really... I think it's pretty tightly paced. Um, but also, I, I know we'll probably come to this later on. Funny enough, so I did a, a rewatch of The Shawshank Redemption during the week, and I didn't realise that there was a big, massive common name to both, and that's Roger Deakins did the yeah. cinematography for both, and oh my ah, God, you can shy. see, like, this guy knows what he's i mean he's he only finally got the oscar i think for blade runner but he deserved it way earlier like the the scenes of particularly silva uh with skyfall behind him like those are holy jaw-dropping yeah beautiful moments the to sound um pretentious the use of color in this film but genuinely the use of color in this film is but you're dead right phenomenal it's so good The, the ambers and the blues um, so so clever you can just see that it sounds dumb but this is a professionally made film which you of course expect from a Bond film but coming off of the previous one you're just like oh I probably could have made that but this just feels like beyond anything feels, we could have feels, thrown together it feels expensive mm. even though it's, yes. it, oh, that's even a great, though it's yeah. budget was 50 million dollars less than Quantum of Souls. yeah it feels premium, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. It's so good. There's so many moments where I was just blown away by the cinematography, like the, the mm-hmm. scenes in Macau where he's coming in on the boat. Yes. <gasps> or, oh. or when he's the, in his tux and just, yeah, or going the into the skyscraper with the neon lights coming down. I was like, oh, it's beautiful. Oh. It's like oh. just filmmaking, prime filmmaking right there. Yeah. And that, the, the, if you're going to do kind of, if you don't want to show the action, because this is the only reason that the Bourne movies and everything does shaky cam and the, the quick cutting is because it's easier to do that than to try and capture stuntmen actually fighting. But do it like this then, where it's dark, but you have a neon backdrop. It gives you so much wiggle room to to mm. not have to show every single punch, but still have something that you can focus on. But just like the, the shadows and the, oh, and just like the way it, lights characters and without even just all the action like it's just so beautiful mm. to look at i just i found mm. myself on this rewatch actually pausing at points and going back to like see how the shot was composed again because i just was so you can have so many it. of them like on a canvas on the wall couldn't you yeah exactly so perfect that's it yeah actually definitely so um, good. Like I think, and it's my one regret that is that I, I didn't get to see this. I know it wasn't shot for IMAX, but they did have a wider mm. ratio that you could see watch in IMAX. It's my one, yeah. my one regret is that I didn't go to at the time. Um, I think I don't think I saw this in. I either saw this in IMAX or Super Screen, which mm. Super Screen is the Cineworld thing where it's like three screens and two screens high, so it's it's one step down from IMAX, but. It was either that or IMAX, and it was stunning. It's so all I can remember is the Skyfall stuff, where he's like he's underwater, and you've got all of that blue and the house burning above it. Yeah. Considering it's all in the middle of the night, it doesn't look dark. <clears throat> Game of Thrones, it, you can actually see the action that's happening. It doesn't look like you're you're lost in darkness. Yeah. Um. Okay, shall so, shall uh, we start? So safe to say we. Yeah. Shall we start from the top? Because yes. that opening bloody sequence, I mean, oh. it was in the trailer and I remember feeling like that was a movie in itself at the time. Yeah. Um, so good. Right. That's interesting because 
you're sorry i completely agree it's a fantastic opening sequence it's really really exciting but there is a problem with that by the end of the film you realize so bond and naomi harris are stationed together they are in active duty together they are working together and at no point does he go look what do i call you yeah, what's your name <laughs> uh, you know my name i'm signaling agent or Bloody hope it's the right one that picks up. That's what I mean. It just, it feels a bit like we didn't want to tell you that, but I don't, with all respect to the character, I couldn't give two shits about Moneypenny. She has always been a punchline more than a well-established character. Um, She got a lot more, uh, she got a little bit more in the Brosnan years. This film is the most that she's ever had, and it's great, but I wasn't in my chair going... (gasps) Yes, it's Moneypenny. Now that we've seen her in action, look forward to her being tied to a desk and being pushed to one side by Bond. See, I liked it because I, I, I thought that was great because it shows she has agency as a character of her own right. And, and in this that I film. And, and in, yeah, and has a parallel to um, Bond in himself where like he's kind of at that moment in his career where he's you know, either clocking out or going forward and she's in that same place. So mm. so I quite like that. And I think it sets her up well as almost like that kind of foil for, for Bond. Um, if this was... Forward. I actually agree. If this was brand new... So this is my problem with the continuity of Bond. If this is completely rebooted, totally new, cool. I love that as an origin story for Money Penny, and it makes sense. But if this is saying that the other films also happened... I know that Moneypenny was a badass agent that is now basically a receptionist typing out letters on a typewriter. And that... That she's seen on screen. She might be doing some cool kick-ass stuff in the background. Yeah. She might be typing out death death warrants. Bond might also be doing charity work off screen, but I can't judge that because they didn't choose to put it on screen. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, yeah, I, see, I, I, I see where you're going. It's like, it's, it's a choice in terms of a career, yeah. but... Um, uh, but I, I liked it because I thought like it gives her, it gives her some substance. Um, beyond it's more just... substance than we've seen. It kind of is a bit of a sorry, money penny that we did you dirty for all of these years. Um, so yeah, I see what you mean, definitely. Yeah. Um, from that opening sequence, the oh, the when he jumps into the train and the rest of it falls away behind him and he just does the oh, little yeah. the cuffs, oh, the little yes. cuffs. I remember watching um, that. That's obviously in the trailer, and I remember watching that and thinking, "Oh, this is a Bond film. Like we're now we're back." Yeah, and and that's it. That's that's the difference. That's what we said last week. Quantum of Solace, standard action film. It wasn't Bond. This yeah. feels like Bond. I mean, I as I've said before, I'm not the world's biggest Bond fan at all, but I've seen enough to be like, yeah. "Listen, there's there's boxes you need to tick," and they do in this. Yeah. Even has- Casino Royale didn't tick those boxes. Yeah. It had mm. hints of the opening of Goldeneye for me, where like he's communicating with headquarters while on the mission, as opposed to just being out solo. It felt mm. like you know it did feel kind of authentically Bond in that regard, um, yeah. and it was still like fresh and new and interesting, like bloody riding motorbikes on rooftops. I mean, sure, why not? Um, oh man, and the stunt work is so good. I mean, I still it still feels like it's Craig on the bike, which is yeah. obviously a compliment to the cinematography, but yeah. the, the stunt work itself is just phenomenal. It still doesn't beat Casino Royale for me. That is still, I think, the best Bond opening of all time. Yeah, but, I agree. Um, 
Mm, this is yeah, I'll give it definitely. I think so. And seeing him get shot when he's in the forklift with the forklift, the digger, which is who came really up with want... that? Like, who, oh, who, who, let's hell. have a digger on the, the train. Brilliant. We really <laughs> we need a digger on this passenger train just so that. Bond can spin around and use it to hook onto the forward carriage, but it's and it. Uh, I I don't like it, but I did like that he got shot because Craig's reaction to getting shot when he's in. I thought he was riddled with bullets. Like it, it looked like he was like a goner, completely dead. Yeah, it was scary. Which is um, interesting because yeah, it's, I, I get what you mean. Yeah. It's that kind of brave opening where like, oh, let's just kill Bond, but you know it's not. Uh, you know he's not going to You die know he's not dead, but still there's sort of like a yeah. <gasps> moment, you know, where, when you realise that. kind of wanted to see how he survived the opening credits. <laughs> he's He fell really, really He was far. actually the Fountain of Youth? Yeah, yeah, he, he I, fell quite far and then fell off again. Would that not break a bone? It would break a neck is what it would do. Like, that was... Yeah. He was dead weight falling. Um, you can survive that if you're pointed. But he just went back of the neck into the water and then down a waterfall and then drowned and then lived well, I, best case scenario he's a paraplegic best case scenario probably love about that opening bit um, is the way it transitions from him going into the water into the opening credits I yes fucking good. I do love that yeah. I do believe that Moneypenny and M colluded with Adele to make that whole sequence happen. <laughs> that you know they need to get him into yeah. the water. So yeah, it reminded Perfect. me. It reminded me of Dying of a Day's opening, which is obviously yeah. the, it's crap compared to it. But yeah, it's Brosnan getting dragged off, and then his torture continues through the music, which is the best part of the film. Like ignore the song, but that actual opening stuff is yeah. Whoa. Have you got there yet, Albie? I- to Dying of a Day. No, not yet. You haven't done? Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm interested to hear your thoughts was on that? that one. Yeah. It's funny you should say um, ignore the song because I was, I was just on a YouTube playlist last night and it was all Bond themes in order and it went, world is not enough. You know my name. <laughs> yeah, that's so I was just weird. Like, Peak shade. Yeah. Peak shade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, so M is, M is pretty much the focal point of this film. Um, plot-wise yeah. and kind of character-wise for Bond. what? How different is it? I know we keep comparing it to Quantum of Solace, but she's actually written in this film. <laughs> she's she is She's a character, but also, as you say, yeah, she's a catalyst as well. Yeah. Like, Silva doesn't have a story without M's time in Hong Kong. Um, like, of course, they could have done another way around that. Now, for the pair of ye who have watched far more Bond than I have, has M ever been a character like this before that you know has such a critical uh, role in proceedings? So again, quite similarly, in the world's not enough. She's um, she's taken hostage, isn't she? Am I making that up, Ian? Um, she is. Yes, correct. She is. Yeah, and it's a similarish type vibe. Um, but there's a lot not, of similarities, weirdly. Yeah, but she's not like. There's no sort of depth to it. She just is taken hostage. That's it, basically. There's no ever kind of risk that she's yeah. in any kind of danger. Yeah, exactly. You're just kind of waiting for like, oh, James is going to get you. Yeah, exactly. That kind of thing. Or... But um, no, this is definitely like a proper, like we have thought about this character and, and given her something interesting to do. And my God, does Judy Dench act the hell out of it? Like she just is. Yeah, she's on another level. Phenomenal in this movie. Um, I kind of. It, she's always brilliant, yeah. but 
she's like extra wow, aware of in this. this. Um, one thing I, I have a request for um the for Barbara Broccoli. I would love to have some sort of an offshoot series or film about M's time as head of was it India? I think they said they, uh, Hong, Hong, Kong, Hong, Kong, Hong Kong. Hong Kong. Yeah. Hong Kong. Um, like I want to see that because the thing I've always been fascinated by M because like we find out in some of the other films she studied law. Um, so how what was her journey to becoming like chief of MI6? You know that's something I'm really fascinated by. So um, yeah, if if anyone from the Bond world is listening, please please do a little please early early M days. The uh, what the, the the line that we all loved in Casino Royale, where she goes, "God, I missed the Cold War." I think that there's a callback almost to that here when she's being dressed down, going, "You can't like this isn't the golden age of espionage. Yeah. You can't go on the way that you used to." Which, again, it's kind of funny because is this film part of a series of stories that are told one after the other? In which case, did we all forget about Q? You know, things like that. Of course it isn't. It's a reboot. But it's just like, it, there's all these nods to the, yeah, we know that MI6 has been operating since at least the early 60s. You know? I remember actually in the cinema when they revealed that uh, Bond grew up in Scotland, I thought, are they going to have an old man walk in and is that old man going to be Sean Connery? That was considered um, at one point that King yeah. Kane would be played by Connor. I feel it's too obvious not to. Well, they, they thought it would be too much of a distraction. Agreed. Um, which I'm glad they, they went been, Particularly way. for this film. Yeah. Which is... Because this film is serious. Yeah, exactly. And it didn't need... It has its nods and its winks. It didn't need to be slapped in the face with, oh, would you look, Sean Connery is Bond's mentor. I, I can see mm. the temptation. It actually takes a lot of balls to not do that. Um, and I remember the comment I made last week about wouldn't it be cool if Timothy Dalton was M? No, it wouldn't actually. When I when I saw King Cade, I th- I imagined them doing that in the next series of Bond films, and it would be really distracting if any other Bond actor turned up. All you'd think about is, ah, look, it's Bond. It's the crossover we've always but exactly. Yeah, the yeah, crossover yeah. you think you need but really don't. Yeah. Um, but on the, the point of M being dressed down, there is... Oh man, this film is so clever because there is an undercurrent of acknowledging how old-fashioned and ridiculous the old Bond movies are, whilst still the Bond... The, the adventure itself is really classic Bond, and it's it's just... We want to do the fun stuff, but we, we need to acknowledge it, that it is old-fashioned and it is ridiculous. But at the end brings it all together is very relevant and needed and that sometimes you do need boots on the ground to to fix a problem yeah i thought her speech mm. when she was in the um the committee hearing was great mm. you know where she was talking about people you can't see and you know that scares me i thought yeah. that it just hit home for you know what's going on in the world at the moment um because it's only it's only got more prevalent yeah, yeah exactly. it's, um, it's kind of old-fashioned to think that Oh, it's the Russians. Oh, it's the Koreans. Oh, it's the the Chinese. It's no, it's terrorist organizations and it's hackers. Yeah, that's, but there is that's there is, is now. that is a bit of a theme in the movie, isn't it? It's kind of like, um, you know, Bond getting older, less relevant, not as strong as he was. Um, you know, M kind of being past her prime, and then. There's that moment where they get into the to the classic Bond car and it goes back to like that the good old stuff is what saves the day ultimately. And I think that's yeah. quite a clever 
way of acknowledging because remember this was the 50th anniversary year as well it acknowledges all that legacy mm. but also acknowledges what needs to move forward so like you know q being a young tech guy yeah. you know things like that so i thought it was just really really clever the way they handled it but they actually rather than you know skirting around it they actually lent into it as a theme and it reminds me in a way really because we we have to talk about star trek and we just it reminds me of um wrath of Khan, where you know it's all about the passage of time and getting older and um and i just got the same sort of vibes mm. from from skyfall which was great the Wrath of Khan and this would actually make a really good final Star Trek film and final Bond film. Like I, I love all of the TOS films, but Wrath of Khan really feels like the final one because you've got um, Kirk at the beginning kind of battling with his birthday and how old he feels and now he needs fucking glasses because I'm allergic to rednecks. But everything <coughs> after that, it kind of ignores how old they are and how ridiculous it is. Um, and... This film almost feels like they were wrapping up, doesn't it? It almost feels like they were wrapping up Craig. Yes. Um, and finishing yeah. it, especially killing off M, spoiler, at the end. Um, <gasps> and burning down the house. There's a lot of burn down the past and do something new. Um, which is ironic, considering he turns up back at the office with Moneypenny at the desk, the classic padded walls that were from Roger Moore and the Sean Connery years, and a male M. So it's kind of like everything's changed, and yet nothing has changed. That's like which is a reality uh, of life. I, I, like that yes, is the reality it of is. life. It is. Everything's Things everything is new has been done. Yeah. I liked George Mallory. I have He's, to say, um, yeah, great. Yeah, really good. Uh, the... Sorry, that was my Voldemort laugh. <laughs> I was like, uh, what? Uh, what? <laughs> ah, <that's laughs> <laughs> totally lost my brain thought there. Um, oh, he's great. No, because I he has a great again, arc. No, I don't. I I don't know if he's from the books or if he's in previous ones that character. But when uh, Tanner and Q are trying to help M and yeah. Bob, you know set up the thing, I was like, oh, this guy's clearly a villain. Yeah, you, you know think, when he walks in yeah. and says, oh, let him do it, and then you know Bullet in the back of the head, in, which of course was the point. Yeah. But I was just like, this guy's a baddie. He's he's been working against. Oh, no, he's no, he's good. good. He has a great arc because yeah. he doesn't. He's not overtly a dick. Like he has some scathing things to say, but it's none of it is over the top. So when he turns out to be very supportive of um, the outgoing M and of of Bond and everything, it doesn't feel like a massive character shift. It's and that that hinge point is in the committee meeting it was like just for the sake of variety shall we let the shall we let the witness actually say something and it's like oh he fucks he's on our side it's so clever it's such a good little twist yeah and i i love that but you don't ever snap at helen mcgory <laughs> this is true she's been a bit of a <laughs> yeah that was definitely a conservative government anyway i can tell just from oh yeah <laughs> um <sighs> But yeah, it's uh, and it's interesting in a way because we were talking about money penny and it kind of feeling obvious that that was going to be the reveal. I didn't see Mallory becoming M as a reveal for me, at least certainly when I watched the mm. film originally. So it's almost like we were distracted by money penny mm. and they cleverly put this in um, to the point where we were like, oh, that was unexpected, um, yeah. but sort of made perfect sense at the same time. Absolutely. Um, so that Instead was very well played. The- 
instead of having the rug pulled from under you, we accidentally had like a rug slipped under us, and then we didn't yeah. realise what we were standing on. We was like, oh, this is quite nice. Exactly. <laughs> when did that happen? Yeah. Like a flying carpet that everyone forgets you have. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Wow, we're going for niche references. That's, that is one to our <laughs> D&D campaign. Woo! <laughs> Love it. See, I do listen sometimes. Yes. Ah, um, oh, dear. Um... To, before we move off of oh, Judy Dench's M, um, she just has some cracking lines again in this. Yes. Um, to, to hell with dignity. I'll leave when the job's done. And just fucking storms out. How different I is that, that to the M that we saw that took a beating in Quantum of Solace? Yeah. Um, it's, like, it's like being marched up to the headmaster's office. It's, yeah, she's great. And just drink, back to drinking whiskey in the middle of the day as well. Yeah, she just gives zero fucks, doesn't she? And I love her for yeah. it. Um, that was the other thing I noticed in this. They thankfully ditched all that high-tech stuff from MI6 between Quantum well, and So, aside from Q's laboratory, but we didn't have all those crazy touch screens and all that, and you go back to, like, a proper office with, you know, desks oh, and yeah. stuff like that, which is kind yeah. of felt more appropriate as well because that really was jarring in, in quantum solace it me. was it lent more into like the the, the brosnan days of yeah. we need to show how modern we are but again i just when you i mean part of that it did look kind of techie in the opening sequence but blowing up mi6 forced them underground and it immediately looked like a 1950s kind of almost newspaper office where everyone's yeah. at desks and it's so old-fashioned it's but it didn't feel shoehorned. It's but it worked. so yeah. clever. It, it worked so well. Mm. Um, I, the only negative to that is that I think this is Bond trying to do a bit too much. The hacking stuff didn't work for me. So the crazy diagram on the wall and Ben Wishaw's cue rapidly typing in all of the techno babble felt very much like I wrote the techno babble and put it into the script rather than doing a bit of research and it was basically like yeah back doors and we've got to reroute the mega drive and shit that felt a bit like they'd heard of this and were trying to put it into their film yeah i was waiting for like reinforce that magnetic restrictor or something yeah like reverse the polarity reverse the polarity yes yes <laughs> nice we're both reversing the polarity we're confusing the polarity yes um yeah no i i i agree like i love ben wishaw in this film but it was Maybe it was trying to be too far ahead of its time in terms of, say, the tech of hacking. But I thought it's a bit like it's a bit like the Joker in The Dark Knight. It's like, all right, Silva's got this unbeatable plan. Oh. But the only way to beat it is just, oh, well, just stick M in a car and drive around the city. The, Boom, done. the prescience and the knowledge of 4-4 yeah. that some of these bad guys require... Like and that is a fantastic comparison to um to the Dark Knight. The things that he must have known to get all of the puzzle pieces into the right place is astronomical. And and Q is just like, yeah, no, he must have had this years in the making. He wanted us here and he wanted you underground. And Bond's just like, yeah, work that one out, thanks. That is just a classic line of, yeah, we knew you had to exposition that, but <laughs> it wasn't for me. Yeah. It was for the audience. It feels like it's a Selden crisis. There's another uh, niche reference to some of the audience. No, Um, lost on me. Foundation, Ian. Um, So uh, the thing of found so that it's now all over Apple as a new series has come out. But yeah, in this thing of Foundation, you can uh, predict events hundreds and hundreds of years in the future just by using mathematics, and that's the whole big thing of Foundation. And it feels like, yep, 
yep, they did that here. So, well, if this happens, then this will have yeah. to happen. That will have to happen. That will cause this to happen. And it's like, okay, great. But what happens if a goose flies in? <laughs> what if... You, know, yeah. you have to allow for some sort of... You what know, if Ashton Kutcher but, accidentally steps on a butterfly? I mean, you just you can't allow for that kind of shit. I really enjoy that <laughs> film. But yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, like, Silva at no point up until... I mean, it's kind of like he had to, up until the, the committee meeting, had to happen. So, like... Yes, no, it did, yes. Would have had to, <laughs> yeah, like, surely many things would have had to happen yeah. for her to be pulled up in front of I the I mean, committee. you could maybe say that stealing this list... By the way, I beg you, for the love of all that is holy, stop pull, putting all of your agents' names onto a thumb drive. <laughs> just, that li- there are certain lists... Stop doing that it! ...that do not need to exist. Um... Uh-huh. You know who your agents are. If you have to have them in writing, you're not doing your job well enough. Like, stop it. But I guess he could have guessed that if that gets stolen, by default, there has to be an inquiry because we love inquiries. We, we have to have them. Um, but they're, they're, you're talking years. There's so much he has to know for this to work. Um, yeah. But Q, the, the back to Q, the opening between him and... Daniel Craig is just it's so so quippy and good it's like you still have spots <laughs> it's like I don't see how my complexion is relevant um yeah and, and, they, and they, what relevant. were you expecting an exploding pen that yes! was well like brilliant like age is not a guarantee of experience and yeah youth isn't a guarantee of innovation I was like oh both are true preach mm-hmm. exactly yeah I've actually sat. I've actually sat on that bench in the in the National Gallery. Nice. So I've looked at that it's, same. We also handed a code printed. Code. Yes. Yes, I was. Oh, I didn't need that because the only time Bond ever has a gun pointed at him is a. It's out of bullets. B. It's a fingerprint recognized it's, gun. But it's better than the oh no I've just run out of bullets trope. Yeah. No, it is better than that. Yeah. It's also been oh so in. It's in Licence to Kill, and Timothy Dalton has... So this is in 1980, 1989, and Timothy Dalton has a fingerprint sensor gun as well. But the thing is like an ancient mo- mobile phone. Like the, the trigger that's on it is absolutely huge, and it's like, yeah, technology's come a long way. But I just don't know why... When you have that technology, this is the thing with the gadgets. Why doesn't every Bond have the fingerprint gun? Why doesn't... Why does Q have to explain the fingerprint gun? That should just be standard issue. It's just yeah, they all have fingerprints because that's what you need. Um, everybody gets a watch. But but remember he he's been out of the service for a while, so maybe it is, and he just hasn't received his. Maybe I didn't think he'd been out that long. I was kind of thinking months, three months, three months. yeah, three months. Pierce yeah. Brosnan was out of it for long. He was gone for fourteen months in Die Another Day. Um, Spoilers. Long. Sorry, spoilers. Well, you know he doesn't die. Or does he? He might die <laughs> another day. Because Daniel Craig plays him. Yes. I guess we'll live to die another day. Oh, you had to say the title. Ugh. Um, Bond. So, we haven't actually talked about Bond too much. Um, I like the injury this- that he carries through most of the film. That was really cool. He's very human yeah. in Agreed. this film. Like... He does. He feels like he takes a battering, mm. and he can feel it. You know, and you get the whole thing of I. I don't know. I liked the Skyfall background, 
uh, I liked that we get rid of, you know, where Bond grew up because he is the normal person. I realize he's been kind of mystery man a lot of the time, mm. you know, but I'm okay with that. I, spoiler, I don't like where they go with it in the next film, but yeah. um, I do like it in this film. Uh, Kincaid, is he, has he been in the series before? Nope. Or was he nope. new for this film? All of the Skyfall okay. stuff um, was new in terms of the films. Okay. Um, yeah, because I thought Albert Finney was great. Oh, he's great. Uh, in this, as one of my so, sorry, you were asking about one of my favorite yeah. bits in, in the movies when um, Bond introduces M to him and he goes, "Hello, Emma," <laughs> and it's like, and, he, and she never corrects him. <laughs> yeah, she just, it, he just it's just like a Emma. classic old man thing to do, right? Yes, that is this is your name now. I rewound it because I so I rewound it in two different occasions for M's name. So one of them was when. Um, um, Silver takes out his face and he's like, and I thought he said Martha, and I was like, is that her name? And I missed it, but it was no, he said mother. So I put the subtitles on. And then later on, when Kincaid says Emma, I was like, holy shit, did, did, is is that her name? I was like, oh no, he just got it wrong. Because Emma makes sense because it's M. I love it. Maybe her name is Emma. Or maybe her name is. Monique de la Croix Bond. I mean, that raises more questions. Um, yes, it does. <laughs> than, than yeah, anything yeah. else. <laughs> I don't, like there was so um, oh, I don't know. So the I, I'm glad to get this off my chest. There's there's uh, Skyfall doesn't hit the, the Skyfall sequence. I love it for the themes that we discussed, but it doesn't have the punch that I think the movie wants it to have. Because I don't know anything about Bond's origin story. And after 50 years, it's never been addressed or even hinted at. It's like nobody decided on it until Skyfall. So, for example, like the the time war in Doctor Who, that went on for 10 years until we found out this is what happened, A, B to C. This is what led to all of the Time Lords dying. This was the Doctor's role in it. I was really satisfied with that because they sprinkled lots of things. Mm. But there's no sprinkling here. It's just Bond's parents are dead. Here's the house he grew up in. He hid in a cave. And the so, other, the only other thing ugh. was the only other bit of like trying to be sentimental bit was when Kane Kincaid said, "I sold all the guns except for your father's rifle." So the only like memento he has of his mm. parents is a gun, which just feels like oh, a bit on the nose. Isn't it? No, yeah. I I like it. On the nose, but kind of works at the same time. And it, just, and it just shows you that like Bond is not a sentimental creature at all no. in that way. So yeah, yeah, I always hated this house. It's exactly like... It plays it, out perfectly. It rings yeah. so true. It doesn't force any sentimentality on it. Because you wouldn't. Mm. Your parents die at a young age. You leave the house that you grew, that the family house. And you immediately join the army. Like, there's just... There's no, you, you don't hold on to any sentiment at all, which makes sense why he just discards the gun as well. <laughs> it's like, as yeah. soon as he's done with it, it's out of ammo, yeah. tosses it to one side. Um, oh, it's a clever film. I like it, I like it, I like it. Um, there is, there's a couple of like missteps of Bond, though, I think, in this film. Um, so, um, is it is it Severine? Is that the right way to pronounce it? The character's name. This Who? is the the lady Berenice, he meets in Berenice. Shanghai. 
Oh, I Marlo. forgot about her already. Yeah, well, I, there was a couple of things there that I wasn't keen on. So first off, like she's, um, you know, uh, born out of the sex trade in, in Macau. Mm. And then Bond goes and seduces her. Like that just rung really hard with me. I didn't like that at all. It felt like, like that it felt like oh, she told him her story about being <sighs> like manipulated by a man. And what did he do? Did the same to her. And then when she got shot, he said that horrible line, which was like, what a waste of good scotch or something. And it was just <sighs> like, and it felt like an old Bond that just didn't belong in this movie. And it felt wrong to me. It felt like a Pierce Brosnan or a Timothy Dalton kind of quip, you know, at the after the woman has been killed. Mm-hmm. Um, even though the, char- the character... The Timothy Dalton would have shot her himself. Exactly. The character herself was quite interesting and intriguing. Um, but there was a little bit of like, it felt like a little bit of kind of Orientalism going on in there. Mm. Um, so that for me didn't work with Bond. And then he suddenly becomes like, oh, it's all about him. And, you know, she's basically my mother and I'll do anything yeah. for her kind of thing. So, so I don't think um, that character worked. No, um, no I agree. Um, she, do- she doesn't bring it, like you said, you didn't even think for her. She didn't bring anything to the story aside from getting him to to silver so um that that bothered me if i'm honest no totally agree um and if there's one thing you when like you said when she's described her background and her story of being in the sex trade you know what you don't do is you don't sneak up to her naked in the shower in her safe space like she should have turned around and punched him like she if she was to pull a knife on him she would have every absolutely would have every right anyway get out the shower shower. but with the backstory she's been given it, ju- it is yeah uh, it was a little bit it was a lot distasteful and didn't make a lot of sense yeah. and uh no go on Alby. Uh, weirdly like one of the things i actually liked about quantum of solace was yes camille did not fall to his charms no and you think he would have learned from that experience but no he's just back to sleeping with yeah. the woman and using her as a means to an end um, yeah. so i don't know if that was deliberately done or or it's just like it just wasn't thought through or what but it, it just didn't it's it's the one thing in this film that i i just can't handle yeah it felt like we needed a bond girl therefore bond girl when honestly money penny fit the role way way better that shaving scene oh that did things like that is that that was that was sexier than anything that happened in that shower do you know what now? Sorry, I do agree that it is a very, very sexy scene. I just didn't like that. Is there any woman he won't, he like won't or can't or doesn't sleep with? I don't know. There was no, no agreed, kind of like. But and then Money Penny's the one taking control here. She's the one that's gone to his room, and they, it's not. I don't actually think they slept together. I, I that might be naive, but I kind of imagine that he starts taking off her top, like yeah, and then she bats him away, and then. I can I can kind of believe that that's it and Money Penny just teases him and walks out, but we probably would have been shown that had she walked out. But it yeah, no, no, you totally right. We need we needed a Bond girl. Let's quickly give her a traumatic backstory. She's in it for a total of six minutes, I think. Um and it cheapens when you use a serious backstory like that, it cheapens the backstory itself. Um, grumble. Yeah, agreed. No, I think I think we're all on the same grumble there. Yeah. But yeah. Um she could have been a great character. I think they they built her up to the point where they completely wasted her. Yes. Whereas she could have 
easily survived the film for whatever reason you, you know you know what i could have believed her as um silver's sort of henchwoman who helped him when he was imprisoned like helped line up all the things that needed to happen so that he could escape do you know what i mean rather than it just being all oh, was, was part of my yeah. wicked plan all along um like you could see how she was she could have been used better but it felt like you know oh, bond is really connecting with her and then oh no he just as you say ian sneaks up in her and has his way with her just weird um and for a second when because i made a note because i obviously it's been i haven't seen skyfall since it was in the cinema um there was a second where i was like oh she's so cheesy and all of her lines are really predictable and it's flirting with the man in the tux and i made that note saying this is just really disappointing but then when bond exposes her and says like these aren't your bodyguards they're they're here to keep you captive and he gets the story out of her and suddenly her demeanor changes and as an actor she did a fantastic job of making that transition from cheesy bond girl to person with a traumatic history that i got excited about and i was like oh oh i was like why don't i remember her oh that's why so it it starts with a really good job but just doesn't go anywhere Mm. yeah these craig films other than quantum of solace ironically can't seem to get women right that aren't judy dench (laughs) Well, Judy mm. Dench is or M is Judy the bond, is, is the bond is the bond girl in this film really anyway I think. Oh, that's an interesting. That, there is an essay in that that I would well, gladly well, write. Well, it, it's she ends up in Bond's arms at the end of the movie. Dead. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but that is no, the, the hallmark, right. and the, you know the the quips between them going in the car together. I love I bloody love that bit as well, where she's like, "Go on." Press the ejection button seat. Like, so cool. oh, Go on, so good. eject me. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Or, or when he turns up at her house and yes. she was like, maybe a shower would be in order. And she said, well, you're not bloody well staying here. And yeah. like, it's just, yeah. oh, I love her. It's so good. Oh, I'll, I'll get a hotel. Like begging for like a spare room because she obviously has That's seven clearly. of them. It was like, I was like well, you're not bloody you'll stay here, here tonight until. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's, it just gives her so much power. Um, I love it. She's great. Yeah. So, yeah. so make, she's the make, real she's the real Bond woman of this film for me. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Makes me wonder what will happen in No Time to Die with the quote-unquote Bond girl. Um, however that's yeah. handled. We'll find out soon. I can't wait! Yeah. Yes! Yeah. We are going to see a film together. Um, Javier Bardem. Oh, so fucking good. Oh, I love him in this. I love him. He's as hammy as anything, but it's the point. That's the point. He is in complete control until he's not. Yeah. You know? He's he um, he does quiet. If you think of, of Green in the last film, quiet yes. reserved. Silva is quiet menacing and just Softly can, spoken. Can kill you with words, really, can't you? Yeah. Um I don't know. I think so I was missing uh, a completely out of character axe wielding. You know, I just thought they nailed it in, <laughs> at the uh, end. Just what have I got yeah. to hand? A tree branch. That'll do. Yeah. <laughs> Come here to me, and I bait. <sighs> yeah. Um, the I love as well. They're gone. I was gonna say, like, I love as well, like how they are. Bond and Silva are on the one hand on equal footing, even when they're not. But obviously, that scene where they meet for the first time. And it's it's so well played, and the two actors are clearly having the time yeah. of their lives, and the two characters are just like, you fuck know, already. We're just gonna, <laughs> basically, yeah. 
And I saw people giving out. Oh, that. I love that. What, ma- what makes you think it's my first time? Oh, oh love and that. it didn't. It didn't come off as cheesy or pandering. It was just Bond is a sexual being, and if you are attractive enough, he will, like. I can see him not fucking Silver because he's he's not the most attractive of blokes, but I can see Bond fucking a bloke. <laughs> but also, I mean, like, I just. I may not be a spy myself, which is my story, and I'm sticking to it. But I'm sure if you're in a situation where you need to get information out of somebody, you know, I wouldn't start, you know, kind of putting up any rules if oh, I were you. The, so, yeah, yeah, I would well the, imagine that he's been in a situation before. The people that just criticise that, they don't understand how clever it is. Because throughout... So the Timothy... Again, I don't know why I'm referencing Licence to Kill. Maybe because I, I spent a good amount of time watching the damn thing. Um, but... Bond has two Bond girls in that film, and one of them gets really pissed off at him for sleeping with another person. And Q comes along and says, look, don't take it personally, it's part of the job. He has to use sex to get information and do whatever he wants. And that's exactly what this moment is saying, is that um, being an agent, Silver knows that you have to do that. So he's playing into that because he knows Bond may be conflicted about well if he's actually attracted to me then this is my way out of here so i have to play into this without kind of realizing that bond genuinely doesn't have an issue with that he will just he'll do it and it's so clever it's just it it almost no it doesn't i was going to say it almost defends his treatment of women but it absolutely doesn't but it adds a layer of understanding to it the 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 way he's introduced with that long shot of him walking oh. towards the- oh. It's beautiful. And, oh, and, and then him sizing him up and just going, what's it? he says something like, oh, Old Spice, how, how traditional. Traditional or yeah. something, yeah. yeah. And it's it just, oh, it was just, oh, my, my skin was crawling and I was like fascinated by the guy at the same time. And the, the bleach blonde hair, you know, it just yeah. all... It's, it, Facial it, disfigurement it, on a bad guy. Yeah, exactly. And I, mm. I did see that he improvised some of the scene where he's talking to M, um, and it was a big point of discussion between him and Sam Mendes. And um, apparently, like Javier Bradham got the entire script translated into Spanish so he could understand it better because obviously Spanish is his first language, mm. um, and that yeah, that's what encouraged him then to kind of do a bit of. Um, improv which you can't tell it's improv because it's so no. really well done um, no it's so good the, the balls not. to keep the camera still and not do some sweeping swooping shot just he comes down in the lift you can't see him he slowly comes into focus gets clearer and because he's so distinct there's so much to focus on like you said with the beach the bleach blonde hair He's just his stature. The fact that it's an actor that we know as well. Um, mm. That scene is just, yeah, it's stunning. It's so well shot, well, so well directed. Um, and he's just little... It's not overtly sexual either. It's just he's looking at the scar, which you think, okay, that's fine. But then the fingers just trace elsewhere, and you're like, oh, oh, we're going in hand, this direction. And then the hands on the knees. And yes! Like, and just Craig's expression like the whole way through, and he's just... Smiling and enjoying it. Yes. He's like, this is not freaking me out. I like what he really does well, Bardem, is that he does high camp quite well, mm. like without making it a farce. Exactly. You know. And can you imagine if they uh, just, not understandably, but you could see 
imagine if this was Sean Connery. He would have been offended by being touched, wouldn't he? You could see that there, there could have easily been a grimace or a turn the head away, and without realising it, that could have been really, really offensive. But Craig just smiling his way it's, through it is yeah. Just I'd, I'd love to know how much of it is in the script and how much of it is them. Um, <sighs> you know, I'd be really fascinated. To yeah, see there that. was no like hand things on the legs. It was just no. Okay, we need a shot of that. Do it again. Well, actually, considering it was it yesterday, an interview came out with Daniel Craig saying, "I've been in gay bars loads of times." I thought, "Oh, this is timely." Yes. Oh, this is timely. Oh. Uh, I, I don't. Uh, I can't imagine if he ever went into a gay bar how he would ever get out. There is no way that you guys would release him, surely. I said you guys. Like, we're, no not, we're, we're not actually sexual offenders. Yeah. Like, you know, if the man wants it's, to leave, it's, it's, we'll give no, him... No, it's Daniel Craig. Uh, we'll give him a 50-50 yes. chance. We'll, uh, we'll let him into the squid game. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, what else is in um, my notes? I, I the, the sequence that really stands out for me... Um, particularly when it comes to Silver, is his escape and that whole kind of traipse through London because it feels so real. Um, yeah. Like, mm. you know, I've walked those corridors, I've been in those stations. Yeah. It's entirely believable the way it's set up. Um, and how it, busy it is. Yeah. Like, it wasn't just a little bit crowded. That's how busy it is at yeah. rush time, at rush and, hour. And, you know, him in a policeman's uniform, I'm married to a policeman, you know, it, it just felt like fuck, this is real. Like, this is this so well done. Yeah. And, and yeah. cutting to the, the committee hearing at the same time, it just was such brilliant pacing. You're kind of like, there's a war of words and a war of you know, yes. fists and, and guns Ugh. going on. It's just done so well. And um, referencing Sean's Coronation Street bit earlier, the bit with the, the tube train just coming through, you're like, fuck! How did they do that? Like, how it's so friggin' it's so good, well so well done. Yeah, but I noticed there was nobody on the tube, which bothered me because I was like, surely there'd be people on that train. Bond has this thing about not. I say this as if it's a bad thing. Bond films have this thing about not killing civilians. So, the classic one is that in and it's to do with the rating of the film as well. I think in yeah. Goldeneye, when he's in the tank and he's, <laughs> I think it's in China, and he fucking wipes out all of downtown, but then they just turn the shot back to all of the policemen and all the civilians getting out of their cars at once. Oh, that's and you in can... Rush. That's in Rush. So you, there's actually a shot, because I watched this last week, of him going, like, flattening a car. Yes, flattening car, them, yes. And then the next shot is the two policemen, like, coming out, <laughs> of, the out car, of the car, even though it's clearly flat as a pancake, and they were They're squashed. Dead. They're, They're absolutely dead. dead. Yeah. But the camera had to go back to show them escape. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it's yeah. just a weird quirk of Bond films. Although, where... although when they're in the committee room and the gun fight breaks out, there's definitely people shot in that. Um, definitely. In fact, as Silva is leaving, yes. I think he just turns around and, fire and shoots. But was yes. it, I think there were all police, police officers though, that might have been shot, if I remember uh, rightly. Yeah, I think it was. Because definitely the last one that you're talking about, Sean, when he just <laughs> indiscriminately turns What's to that? the right <laughs> cap. And then yeah. gone. Yeah, just frustrating. Like, what that poor fa- parafat ever doing? <laughs> it's like, oh, who is it that gets... Oh, it's on Doomsday when the, the, they're running for the train and the train gets away from them and he just turns to his left and punches his henchman. It's like that. <laughs> that could have been, God, that could have been that, one of yeah. Silver's guys, actually. Just frustratingly, <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> I'm going to shoot someone. Yeah. Oh, dear. 
so good, so good. Um, definitely massive, massive, massive step up over Quantum of Solace anyway. Yeah, um, huge. Do, do you reckon for you, is it, where is this between this and Casino Royale? Oh, Casino Royale is better personally, for me. Personally, do you think? <sighs> I think I prefer watching this one more. I think the pace is a bit better in this one. Because remember what we were saying in Casino Royale? Considering what a great film it is, it is quite a quiet and mm. sometimes slow film. I, it's not a criticism, no, it's just... I yeah. prefer Casino Royale as a movie. I prefer Skyfall as a Bond film. If I, if I want to watch one of my favourite yeah. films, it'll be Casino Royale. If I want to watch a Bond movie, it'll be... Uh, it'll be a Brosnan one, but you know what I mean. <laughs> it'll be yeah. Skyfall is what I would is what I would pick. Um, it it yeah. felt like it felt like the kind of culminate. It felt like this was a perfect trilogy, and this was the perfect bookend for yeah. Casino Royale. If they just like got the shit in the shit sandwich to be something more <sighs> a bit less shit. Um, yeah, exactly. Right. Although weird, some... weirdly, my my thoughts have developed on Quantum of Solace over the last week, having now watched. Um, Skyfall um, to a point where I'm sort of revising my absolute distaste of it a little bit rewatch it yeah again before you say that so you can get angry again yeah, yeah okay yeah. I've, I'm the opposite I've become more angry about Quantum of Solace now because and you were pretty angry yeah I almost didn't watch Skyfall because of how now I didn't watch Quantum of Solace when it came out obviously but the press was so bad, I almost just thought, you know what, I'll wait until the new Bond turns up because they can't seem to get... I'll just rewatch Casino Royale. Um, and it's almost stopped me from seeing Skyfall, but I ended up going to see it with, with Dad, mainly because it was the 50th anniversary. And I thought, you know what, I think you only get one of these. I don't think they're going to waste it. I think they're going to make sure that... Uh, and I think this film would have been really different had it not been on the 50th anniversary. Um it certainly those... wouldn't have taken 1.1 billion in box office. That's for no, sure. that's insane, isn't it? Um, but there's just enough nods and stuff where it, it kind of had to bring it full circle. And I wonder if that may not have been their original plan. But um, yeah, it would have been a good bookend. I can't remember the last time I watched Spectre, if ever. I've only seen Spectre the once. I saw it at the premiere, yeah. um, which I'll Ooh. tell you, which I'll tell you all about in the next episode. Yeah. Um, Looking forward to it. Uh, right. The one thing, one like often f- forgotten bit about this film or around the, the kind of marketing of this film. This came out in 2012, which was the year of the London Olympics, which had the oh, big yes. Bond opening, uh-huh. which was, oh, if I right. may say, one of the finest pieces of marketing I've ever seen. Oh, oh um, yeah, come on. And I think that had a massive impact on this film. That plus Adele's song. Um, yep. I think were two of yep. the key things that made people sit up and go, this will be a Bond movie, like a proper Bond movie. Yeah. Um, so, and, and then it became that wonderful kind of, the first people to see it were like, it's back, it's better, you know, and all that sort of thing. Yeah. And suddenly it just became this, and I remember I was working in film at the time and I remember we were just like, we were all, even though it was a different studio, we were all like egging it on. We wanted it to do well. Um, and it was like a massive relief when it did. So yeah, it's um, like you don't want to see people in the same industry do badly. You can be competitive with them, but yeah. when so much is riding on it, you just you want it to do well. Like we've all felt the same about No Time to Die. We were just like, please be a good film, please be a good film. Yeah, mm. and it's so. I there is so much relief knowing that I'm going to see this film with you guys next week. There's such a relief knowing that 
enough people have said positive things about it that I'm not going to hate it. Like yeah. I may not like it as much as everyone else. There's a chance of that because I'm not a massive Bond you. nerd. Because <laughs> I'm me and I'll have problems with it, of course. That's of course, quite yeah. literally my job now. But I know that I'll, I'll enjoy it. It's not going to quantum solace me. Yeah. I think God, right. I hope that statement doesn't age like oh, no. Jesus Christ. Just wait for that pod. It's like, yeah, no, this is a huge steaming turd of a film. <laughs> it was funny. I had like a, almost a, a sneak preview. I was at the gym quite early this morning and there was two older gentlemen talking about the film because they'd obviously gone oh, to see it together. And oh, I was, like, punch I was like, shh, I do not want to know. Uh, and they were like, oh no, it's it's good. It's good. It's good. That's what they're kind of take okay so yeah okay and and if there's a, an opinionated demographic it's men in their 50s oh. right so white, yeah. men, white men in their 50s so if they think mm-hmm. it's good i think we'll be okay you know that could be terrible that could this could be the most misogynistic film in the world if they <laughs> liked it that's true. a red flag i'd true, feel true. better oh, if they didn't like it <laughs> oh sorry i've ruined it now haven't i uh there you go Amazing. Um, my final notes that I haven't gone over was stop breaking into M's house. Um, <laughs> yes. Well, he doesn't need to anymore. Welcome to. Oh. oh, um, Jesus. Um, and Bond meets Home Alone. Um, yes. Which is yeah, what, Oh my God! Yes. This is my house, and I will defend it. Home <laughs> Alone in the, the Highlands. Yeah. It is the the Mond- Welcome to Scotland. <laughs> I was born ready for this, Sonny. He's teaching um, teaching Bond to shoot. It's like, just don't let it drag to the left. And Bond's just like, yeah, I'll do my best. So I've had some training. What did you say you did for a career again? He just doesn't dance. Oh, it's so I, good. I do love like um, M doing her little, you know, smashing light bulbs and setting up traps and all that. I'm like... Oh, shoving the nails into the... It wasn't until... That fucking hurt, so it was... Oh, yeah, I imagine it would. Like, that's more than just stepping on a nail and screaming. Yeah. Um, the I was trying to work out how did it work, and then I went back through it in my head that, yeah, the, the light goes into the shotgun shell, which is surrounded by a bag yeah. of nails and then goes into the lights. It's so simple, I want to try it. Please don't. <laughs> it's an elbow. <laughs> Plug it in and it's, well, boom! It worked! Well, Ian, you know, you're talking to two Irishmen here. If you want to know how a pipe please bomb and a nail this. bomb works, please, no problem. Please cut that. <laughs> I do not endorse this message. No, neither do I, and I'm English. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, good. Um, yeah, we like Skyfall by the sounds of it. It's a good film. Yeah. Although yes. my, my one other little gripe with it is, of course, there's fucking gas canisters in the house to make it blow up big at the end. Of course. Yeah, you've got to add those in. Yeah, the most egregious example of that I've seen, and you're going to, you'll see it in Die, uh, die Hard. <laughs> well, we will, because it's in there, right? <laughs> yes. There's a sequence in the beginning of Die Another Day where a rocket gets fired at a car. Instead of the rocket just blowing the car up, it propels it into a pile of gas canisters so that it can make a bigger explosion and then blows up. And oh, I was like, God's well, sake. did the fucking rocket know to do that, really? Smart bomb. Yeah, it must have been. I was like, well, look how that worked out. <laughs> but yeah, Bond is going to Bond. Well, we hope not. But, uh, yeah. Um, 
Right. I think that covers pretty much everything. But last one, what did you think of Thomas Newman's score for this? Oh, sorry. Um, yes, loved it. I actually listened to it this time. I I prefer the sort of quieter bits of the score. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think agree. that's where he thrives. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I thought it was solid. I it's not my favorite Bond yeah. score. Um, but my I favorite thought... my favorite part was when he's on the boat in Macau. That, yes. And there's like I think that's when the Adele theme kind of comes back into it a bit. Yeah, exactly. That was stunning. Yeah. yeah. That was really good. It's definitely the quieter moments is where it's strongest. Look at me talking about the score in the movie. That's that's who who am I? Uh, who you are is a beautiful co-host, and we'll all be back again next week to talk about Spectre. Yeah. So, thank you everyone for listening. Go watch Skyfall if you haven't already. Why are you still listening to this podcast? Nice. Okay, love you. Bye. 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 Hi guys, thanks so much for listening to An Englishman and an Irishman Go to the Movies. We would love to hear your thoughts on the episode just gone by. You can reach out to us on Twitter at EnglishIrishGTM, which is where we're most active. We have an Instagram page, but best of luck finding it. We love you very much, and we will see you next week again. Thanks.